0: Oh, well, guys, I can't believe it, but uh, this is this is the last week of our Real God series, which is which is absolutely crazy to me. It has is completely flown by, um, but uh, but next week we're going to kind of jump into a, to a little season. We've got about three weeks where um, we're we're going to be talking to you about a few different things, um, but then after that we we hit November, the end of November. We start Advent, which is crazy. Christmas is around the corner, and so I want to tell you just like we did last year, the church has bought. Um, a special gift for, for your family. And so we have purchased these books. Uh, it's, they're called Unwrapping the Names of Jesus. And we're going to be doing this church-wide. So, so every family gets a copy. And, uh, and so uh, what you're going to do is take this home. And it's got, you, you read throughout the week and every day, Uh, In that week, you're going to unwrap a new name of Jesus and what that means. Uh, It's got a cool little section for families that you can do activities together. But you say, man, we don't have kids in the house. Still good for you. The info is so good. And so we're excited about that. Can't wait to give that to you. And we're going to start handing those out here in a week or two. And so just be looking for that. Um, We're really excited about what the Lord is going to do. So, um, guys, week eight, week eight, the last week of the Real God series. And remember, this series is all about uh, this truth, that what we believe about God is the most important thing about us. And that if we have uh, a wrong belief about God, remember that domino effect, man, it, it has great, great consequence down the road in our life. And so what we want to do is take all the wrong things we have believed about God, and we want to replace those with what God says about himself in his word. And when God reveals himself as, as, as good or as sovereign, man, we want to go, okay, okay, so, so what I thought about you, God, I've got to get that out of the way. I have to believe what you say about you. And, and then, again, there's great spiritual momentum that can come out of that, it has the power to really um, give us some freedom and, and, and see some fruit because of that right belief. And so that's what we're here to do uh, this morning. So this morning, our final week and uh, this morning's attribute, we're going to talk about um, the fact that God is faithful, that God is faithful. So what, what does that mean, though? If, if I'm talking to you about God's faithfulness, what, what I mean and so, I'm going to give you a very basic definition that when I say that God is faithful, I mean that he is steadfast in his affection uh, and his allegiance towards us, okay? That he is steadfast in his affection and his allegiance towards us. And so kind of simplify that for you. Basically, what I'm telling you is, is the fact that God is faithful means that God is always loves you, and he's always for you. All right? Just just think about that for a moment. So he's steadfast in his love for you. He always loves you, and and his allegiance to you. He's always for you. And and just kind of let, he's steadfast in that. Now with that in mind, uh, let's unpack some some truth about what that means. What does that mean for us? What does that mean about God? And so three things I want to share with you very quickly, and and here's the first, guys. I, I, I believe uh, the fact that God is faithful means that we can depend on all of his attributes to consistently come through, right? God's, God's faithfulness means that we can depend on all of his attributes to consistently come come through. So so listen, God uh, is always, right, he is steadfast in his love for us, and, he, and he's steadfast in his commitment to us, and, and what that means is that all of the attributes that we've studied, that God that God is always gonna show up in those areas. And so what have we talked about so far, right? We've talked about the fact that God is good. Right? God always does the most amount of good for the longest period of time, for the most people possible. It's who God is. We've talked about the fact that God is sovereign, that he is above all things, that he's also in all things, and he's working all things out for good, is what the Bible says. That God is working all things out for good, and he's not just sovereign. Remember, he's provident. Which, that's sovereignty with a purpose, and so God's always doing these things, working ways that we can't imagine, but he's doing it for his kingdom, for his cause, for our good. And God's holy. God's always holy. You can always count on God to, to, to be set apart and, and to be right, right? Um, he, he's wise. We talked about that just a few weeks ago, that, that God knows the unknowable. He knows the unsearchable. Like, he knows everything that we don't, so He's the place. And this, this wise God gives us wisdom, which is crazy. And, and He gives us the counsel of His words so that, so that we'll know how to live and the decisions we should make. Um, he's, he's just, Right? Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Like, everyone is going to get what they deserve. That is, unless they've been covered with the blood of Jesus. In which case, they get everything that they don't deserve. And they get forgiveness in life and life and goodness. And, and, uh, and we, we talked about that. And then, of course, last week, we talked about the fact that God is loving. Man, that God loved us so much that he gave his very best. He gave his son, Jesus. And, and here's what I'm telling you. The fact that God is faithful... What that means is that God is all of those things, all of the time, without fail, and that you can depend on him to always be those things at every point in your life, at every juncture, at every crossroad, at every time that you feel far away, that you feel he's distant, you can still rely on this fact that God doesn't change, right? And that's because his faithfulness isn't like ours. Think think about how you define faithfulness, right? I don't know about you. Anybody have uh, like a family member, like your grandparents, maybe your parents have been married 50, maybe you're here and you've been married 50, 60 years. Anybody got that in their family line? man? Like, man, they've been together forever. So we call that faithfulness. We're like, man, they are faithful. Here's the thing, though. If you go talk to those people with those faithful marriages and you say, I want to know the dirty, nitty-gritty stuff, and they're going to tell you, man, we've wanted to kill each other. We've wanted to walk out on one another. There's been times we've thought about maybe we've made a mistake, maybe we should have ended up with somebody else. So, so, like, listen, what I'm telling you, like, our, and we think that's faithful. And, 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 and so, when, because we're so inconsistent, And and we we call that faithful. Like, it's hard for us to wrap our minds around who God really is. But here's here's what the Bible says. The Bible says that God's faithfulness is so set apart from ours. And and in fact, here's what it says in Hebrews 13.8. It says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Like, he can't change. Man, Numbers 23.19 says, God's not a man that he might lie, or the son of man that he might change his mind. Uh, Does he speak and not act, promise and not fulfill? And, And what it's saying is, listen, God's not like us. His faithfulness isn't like ours. And so we kind of begin with this this truth. Because God is faithful, and when I say faithful, I mean really faithful. I mean that God is, is, listen, He is steadfast in His his love, and and He's steadfast in this truth that He is for you no matter what. And because God is is completely faithful in those things, because He's completely faithful in those things, we can trust that He's always going to come through. We can trust it. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. So that's the first thing. Now, Now, I want to talk to you about our faithfulness a little bit. So the inconsistency on our part in faithfulness creates a dilemma of faith in us, okay? And what happens is because we're inconsistent in what we think faithfulness is, we project, you guys... Have heard of project? We project those thoughts and feelings onto God. And so here's the second thing I want you to see. we gotta, we got to grasp with it. By the way, if you, if you brought a Bible, I'm in the book of Hosea. We're going to be in Hosea chapter 1 uh, through 3, uh, kind of picking a, a few places there. But if you've got your sermon notes, all that text is there. But here's the second thing I want you to see this morning, is that we're the ones who are unfaithful, right? We're the ones who are unfaithful, yet we have a tendency when life gets tough to question God's faithfulness. So let that kind of set for a second. We, we are the ones who are unfaithful, yet we have a tendency when life gets tough to question God's faithfulness. And so I'm, I'm in the book of Hosea, and, uh, and here's what it says, Hosea chapter 1, starting in, in verse 2, it says, When the Lord first spoke to Hosea, he said this to him, Go and marry a woman of promiscuity. And have children of promiscuity, for the land is committing blatant acts of promiscuity by abandoning the Lord. Now, uh, I chose, I, I, we, we teach from the CSB here anyway, but i I intentionally sticking with this because we, we're, we're going kid-friendly this morning, okay? So uh, those watching at home with kids, I'm, what I'm going to say to you, uh, that is the lightest way to say what God is saying to his people. That is, that is the cleanest way to say it, because when that word promiscuity uh, is talking really about prostitution. And, and what God is saying to, to his, his, it is actually all the other versions is way worse than prostitution, okay? So I'm just telling you, I'm, I'm doing the best I can this morning. God is saying, like, like listen, uh, Hosea, you're my man, you're my prophet, you're my dude, and, and here's the deal, I want you to go and do something that is going to shake you to your core, and, and what you're going to do is going to be a symbol to, to my people. Like, I'm, I'm God, these are my people. My people are not being faithful, Okay? So, so, right, uh, I am the Lord your God, have no other gods before me, don't make for yourself an idol, and, and, and they're doing all of that. And, and God says, in spite of that, I've chosen them as my people, so I'm going to teach my people a lesson. Hosea, I want you to go marry a prostitute. And I want you to go marry a prostitute, because my people are prostituting themselves out to other gods and to idols. By the way, uh, what is one of the biggest idols that we set up? That's ourselves. Right, that's our comfort. That's what we like. We say, "I want to be in charge, God. I know better than you." That's making yourself a god, okay? And and so so that's who the people of God are. And so God shows up to His people, and He's like, "I have to teach you a lesson. I've got to bring you back to myself." And the only way that you can see my unfailing love, go go look up the the, the term unfailing love in Scripture and see how many times you find it. It's everywhere. God's saying, "I need you to understand the character of who I am." I need you to understand that I'm not a God that's just for you when you're good and when you're behaving, but I'm a God that pursues you even when you don't, right? I'm a, I'm a God that is faithful even when you're faithless. And he says, Hosea, I want you to go, and, I, and you're going you're to marry a prostitute. So he does, and he goes and he marries a woman named Gomer. And, and, and listen, I mean, he, he marries her out, out of the... Um, What's a good word. Um... <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to think, uh, what was the, the, the movie oh, with Burt Reynolds? Um, uh, yeah, Yeah. So we're just going to say, I, out of the house of ill repute. Uh, let's just go with that. So he, he marries her out of the house of ill repute, becomes his wife. They have children, and, and then I want you to see this. At some point in their marriage, Gomer goes back to her old ways. So she leaves her home, she leaves her husband, and she leaves her children, and she goes back to the house of ill repute, and, and begins to sell her body for money again. Okay? And get this. Here's what God says to Hosea. And, and, and here it is. It's Hosea chapter 3, verse 1. Then the Lord said to me, go again and show love. Now, now this version says to a woman, but it's to your wife. Then, then go again and show love to your wife, who is being loved by another man and is an adulteress. Ready? Just as the Lord loves the Israelites, though they turn to other gods and they love raisin cakes, raisin cakes being what they would give to uh, idols. And uh, listen, here's what God is saying. He's going, "Um, Hosea, we're going to teach my children a lesson. I want to teach them about my unfailing love. So you're going to marry a prostitute. You're going to have children with a prostitute. She's going to leave you and go back to her old ways. And get this, in spite of that, You're going to go marry her again. You're going to buy her out of that prostitution and you're going to bring her home. And it is a picture of what God does for us in His Son, Jesus Christ. He purchases us out of that prostitution. He brings us home. And, And listen, that's not just for salvation, friends. That's for the whole process of sanctification. Right? Because we are a people that consistently... Prove to be faithless. Amen? Right? What, is, what does Peter do after Jesus dies? He doesn't just deny him three times. Then he goes what? Back to his old way of life. And some of you are here this morning, and that's where you are right now. And I'm so thankful you came through the doors. I've got to be honest. I'm so thankful you, you tuned in because that's, that's what happens in life is life gets tough, and we make bad decisions, and we find ourselves in places where we're enslaved again And what does God do? You need to know this. What does God do? He's faithful is what he is. And he shows up where you are, and he buys you out of where you are, and he says, come on back home. So here's the deal. In in the story, Gomer is Israel, and if we're looking for modern-day interpretation and application, Israel's us. It's the people of God. And we still, this side of the cross have a tendency to wander away and to be faithless. And God still comes to us and buys us back and says, hey, you're mine, come home, right? That's, that's who we are. That's who God is. And, and, and so I, I just want you to know, maybe you're here and you've kind of been putting it on God. God, it's your fault, right? Because when life gets hard, that's what we do. We like to shake our fist. Like, Lord, where are you? God, why would you do this to me? And he's like, bro, like you left. You walked out. But here's the good news, even if that's you, even if that's your story, even if you're going through hardship and, and, and tough stuff because of your decisions, not just because of fallen nature, and God is faithful. He will come to you. He will restore you. He will rescue you. He will redeem you. That's who he is. So uh, last, last point I want to make, guys, is, is uh, how, you say, Pastor, how do you know that? Okay, Here's how I know that. Ready? Because Jesus is proof. Jesus is proof that God is faithful to his people when their faith falters, right? Jesus is proof that God is faithful to his people uh, when their faith falters. And, and so we kind of talked about the love of God uh, last week. Right? Like, this is love, not that we, we love God, but that he loved us and he sent his son, his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins, right? Like, God loved us first, Right? And, 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 and so we, we know this truth about God. God is this pursuer of people who tend to reject him. And, and the same is true for, for his, his people. One of my favorite um, promises, and I'm going to give it to you in context because a lot of people give it to you out of context, but I'm going to try my best to give it to you in context. But uh, Paul writes Timothy in 2 Timothy, uh, verse 11 through 13, this is what it says. Uh, it says, This saying is trustworthy. If we died with him, we'll also live with him. Uh, if we endure... We will also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. Uh, If we are faithless, he remains faithful for he cannot deny himself. And I, I believe that means two things, okay? So, so here they are. Uh, f- first of all, so we, we kind of have to start with this, this beautiful uh, promise that, that if we've died with him, if we've accepted the death of Jesus to be our atoning sacrifice, we're also going to live with him which is awesome, right? It, it's as if, if we endure, if we endure the hardships of life we're also going to reign with him not just we're going to exist with him, okay? Amen. Hey, we're going to reign. Does that sound good to anybody? Like, I don't know about you, I've never reigned anything. You know what I i saying I don't know what it's going to be like I've never sat on a throne but buddy I can think about it you know woo, what's that going to be like uh we are going to reign with Jesus that's authority that's dominion all that dominion back from from Genesis 1 and Genesis 2 God's going to restore that unto us Woo, buddy it's coming so 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 if we endure we're going to reign with him that's an awesome promise but then then it says this but but if you deny him he's going to deny you Whoa, hold up, hold up. Wait a second. Now, listen. God is all these things we've been talking about. One of the things we said God is is God is just. God has provided a way, right, through, through, through His love. That's His Son we talked about last week. God so loved the world, He gave His one and only Son. God's given you His very best. All right, because, because the wage of sin is death, so he's come and his very best, his son has died in your place. And if you'll believe in him, if you'll receive that free gift of God, the Bible says that the wrath of God uh, will, will basically pass over your life. Right? Jesus is the Passover lamb of God. So, so, so listen, there's a way out. But Jesus himself said it clearly, if you deny me before men, I will deny you before my Father in heaven. And, and somebody says, well, that doesn't seem fair. Uh, well, it is. It's actually completely fair. It's more than fair, because what, what fair would be was hell for all of us, because we're all sinners, right? So, so it's, it's more than just, it's actually gracious, all right? So, 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 so it's gracious, and, and here's why. It's the last part of that, because he can't deny himself. God can't deny himself. So so he can't just turn and he can't he can't not be God. He has to always be good. He has to always be loving. He has to always be just. And so he so listen, if we deny him, he's going to deny us. But then we have this, but ready? But if we're faithless, he remains faithful. So so listen, that that's two things. That's what I just talked to you about. Uh God's faithful to himself that anyone who denies him is going to be denied in heaven because God has to be who he is. But that is also the story of Hosea and Gomer. That there are going to be times for you in Christ that you choose to walk back to your old way of life. And that you find, you settle, right? Sometimes, can we be honest, it's because what we've known, that's what we've known for so long, right? Anybody find themselves caught back in a sin pattern after some kind of trauma in your life? Anybody find that those sin patterns rise up with certain triggers, maybe like loneliness, right? Why? That's what we know. And we have a tendency to react to what we know. And so there are things that spook us out. Uh, Some of you guys have experienced that in relationship. You have intimacy issues going back from how you were hurt. And somebody gets too close, and you're like, I'm out. I'm out. We, we run back to what we know. No, I know isolation. I know hurt. I know damage. I'm running back to what I know. And so we have this tendency to run back to what we know. So what happens with believers when we are not as faithful as we should be when our faith falters? What happens? Well, we end up experiencing well short of what God has for us right? Well short of his blessing, well short of his goodness. We end up enslaved again, uh, not, not to the point of death, but to the point of not experiencing life. And so what does God do? Man, he comes to us because he's faithful even when you're not. And he comes to that house of ill repute, which he think about, can, can you, fath- are you are you tracking with me? Can you fathom how good this God is? I would slap me silly. You know what I'm saying? Are you an idiot, I would say to me? Like, how dumb can you? Do you not know what I've done for you? Do you not know who you were? And I redeemed you and I rescued you, and you've gone back to, to your ways? Are you kidding me? You're back at that house that, that I, I bought you out of in the first place? I would, I would, man, I would have a talking with me. And then I would leave me there. And I would let me suffer. Even when we are faithless, he is faithful. And so he comes to us in the midst of our sin and says, come on home. Please come home. I love you. Come with me. Whew. All right. So, that's an amen right there. From the mouth of babes. So listen to me. When we begin to wrap our minds around that, what do we do? what do we do? So I'm going to give you three things and we got to wrap up because i got to let you out on time, you guys especially. Okay, so here we go. Three things. Number one, uh, we trust Him. We, we trust God, right? That, that's what we do. So when we figure out that God is, is faithful, right? That, that God is committed to us, that He is always, uh, he, he, he's, he's steadfast in His love, and he's steadfast in his allegiance. That's who God is, always. So, so he's always good and he's always sovereign, he's always holy, he's always wise, he's always just, he's always loving, he's always for you. When you, when you come to that, like, oh man, God's always for me, what do, what do you do? Well, then you trust. That's the only response. I man, God, you are faithful, so what am I? I'm going to then have faith in you. That you're going to come through for me no matter what, no matter where I am, no matter how bad it is, no matter how many times I've fallen down, no matter how much I've tried to run, no matter how much I've tried to hide. I'm going to put my trust in you that even when I don't think you're going to finish this work in me, that you are going to finish this work in me. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you for my salvation. I'm going to trust you for my sanctification. I'm going to trust you today. I'm going to trust you tomorrow. I'm going to trust you with my children. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to fall into you. I'm going to stop trying to figure out every detail and know that you're good. I'm going to rest in that goodness. And listen, I'm going to live that way. And so tomorrow, guess what? I ain't getting up with a whole bunch of just all this horrible regret and I'm terrible and I can't do nothing because God's forgiven me if I confess my sin. He's faithful and just, forgives me of my sin, purifies me me of all unrighteousness i'm getting up tomorrow i'm doing a little jump for joy going whoa i'm clean let's go let's go because i am forgiven and i am free and god has rescued me and he has redeemed me and i am not who the devil says i am i'm who god says i am And man, when I get there, y'all feeling the freedom stirring up in your spirit right now, right? I mean, when I get to that point that I know God is always for me, that He will always love me no matter what I do, that He will always be for me. Like, that is like, woo. And suddenly, it's not about my performance anymore, but it's about God's perfection. And I start to rest in that, and I go, there is no better place for me to be than right here. And it, 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 it'll, it'll change your world. It'll change your world. By the way, that's what faith is. Hebrews 11.1. 1. It just says it's figuring that out. Faith is being sure of the things hoped for, for the conviction of the things not see. And so because God is faithful, we have faith in Him. The second thing I think this text calls us to do is come home. I've got I to gotta wrap up. got to come home. Listen, man, if, if, if that's you this morning and you're Gomer... I just want to say this to you, it's time to come home, all right? It's time to come home. Guys, uh, Yeah, there we go. You got it. I was like, wait a second. I see the slide. is still up full screen. You guys can't see what I see, but it just, you know, sometimes like, hey. Uh, listen, we find ourselves in those places, and if that's where you are this morning, first of all, again, I'm thankful that you tuned in. I'm thankful that you've come. But if you feel far away from God, if you feel distant, you feel like you're, you're stuck back in old ways of life, I'm just going to tell you, God will come to you where you are, but he loved you too much to leave you there. He says to you on a regular basis, now come and follow me. Follow me means you've got to stop following you. It means you've got to stop following all the desires of your heart and what your mind is figured out. To like, well, I think this is okay. Or, you know, I've decided that this isn't a sin. You don't get that. You've got to follow God. You've got to follow his ways. And so we have to go, God, listen, if you love me so much that you will come to me where I am enslaved, then I have no other decision. I just want to come home and be with you because what you have is best. Can you imagine how Gomer felt on that day, knowing who she was, and her husband showed up anyway? Can you imagine the shame she must have felt as he reached into his pouch, and he began to count out the price? Can you imagine? Maybe that's how you feel about God, and you think, I'm just not worthy of coming on. you know what? You know how the story ends? She came home. Because the faithfulness of God was too much to bear. (laughs) Because she knew what was best. I'm telling you what's best. Come home, right? Come home. Lastly, uh, number three, uh, stand firm. So the faithfulness of God. Uh, uh, listen, and God's so good, right? So much better than what we deserve. I mean, I mean, I mean, Jesus has come, yeah, lived the perfect life that we couldn't, died the death that we deserve, also that we could be free. But then that same Jesus went into heaven. He's now preparing a place for us. If he's gone to prepare a place, he's going to come back and take us to be with him, where 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 he is. Like it's above and beyond what we could ever deserve. But in addition to that, God doesn't stop there. Then he says, hey, hey, I'm not going to leave you as an orphan, but I'm going to send you my spirit uh, to live inside of you. And so the Holy Spirit lives in you now. And what he's doing right now is he is ministering to you on a regular basis, fighting for you, trying to help you uh, stand firm. And one of the things the Spirit does is he gives us the ability to stand firm against temptation. And here's what the Word of God says in, in 1 Corinthians. Uh, yep, there we go. First 1 Corinthians 10.13 says, No temptation has come upon you except what is common to humanity, but God is faithful He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation, he'll also provide a way out that you may be able to bear it. And what I'm telling you is this is one of the beautiful things about God's faithfulness. He's so faithful. Not only did he die for you, but he sent his spirit to give you the strength to stand up against temptation so that you don't have to end back up in your old ways. Amen? Man, that's a good God. That is a good, good God. Listen, don't let... This morning's worship time, end here. Our goal for you is to leave this place at home. You don't have to leave that place. We want you then to discuss the sermon, to take it further, to dig deeper, to spend your week thinking about these truths that we might experience the freedom that God has for us. So I'm going to pray for you, and we're going to dismiss our online folks, and then we'll dismiss you guys. I thank you so much for being here. I pray the Lord has used this series in your life. If we know who God is... If we believe the right things about God, man, it has the potential for great, great things in our own life, all right? Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for being God. Man, thank you for your goodness and for your mercy and for your love and for your compassion that you're sovereign, that you're, you're provident, that you've got a plan, that you're working things out for a purpose, that, that you're a God that, that loves us and you're steadfast in that love and that affection, that you're always for us, God. And, and I, this morning, I just praise you for that level of faithfulness for an unfaithful people like us. God, help us experience that love. Help us live in that love and help us live for you because of that love. In Jesus' name we pray all these things. Amen. Um, For our online crew, guys, we say bye. We love you. We'll see you next week. Same time, same channel. Love you guys.